Okay, once you've worked out your exercise selection, the splits that you're going to use in terms of your training, you then have three main variables that you can play with. Three main variables that you can then manipulate, but you cannot max them all out. You have to find a balance between them. But do you even know what those three main variables are? Meet your host, Andy Naylor. Andy is a men's physique transformation expert, competitive physical champion, and a multi-six-figure business owner who has helped thousands of busy, high-achieving men get into the best shape of their lives and reconnect with their inner alpha. On this show, Andy is going to share with you his playbook on feeling healthy again, avoiding the common pitfalls successful men fall into, dropping 20 to 30 pounds of fat, and building a physique you can finally be proud of. And the transformations aren't just physical either. You're going to learn how meeting your personal goals will help support your professional achievements, giving you that true alpha mentality. Let's go. So my name's Andy Naylor. I am founder and CEO of Naylor Body Design and host of the Optimal Alpha podcast. And my alphas, welcome back to the show. So this is essentially episode three of the initial training series, the first training series that we're doing here. And again, we're just looking at overview of things and thoughts and ideas to give you some perspective into training to start to help uncover essentially how simple this should really be and how uncomplicated it can be. So today we're going to be delving into these three key areas that we are having to balance out. Okay. Now, the three key areas here that we're going to be talking about are volume, intensity, frequency, Volume, intensity, frequency. They are three separate areas, but they all interlink. Okay. Let's start by delving into these in isolation. They don't work in isolation, but let's look at them individually. So, volume. Okay. We'll start with volume. What is volume? Technically, volume is the amount of work that you do, the, the amount. Okay. It, it technically can be looked at as an equation, it is the weight times the reps, times the sets. It could literally be a number. So you could go and deadlift, add those numbers together, and you could say, my volume was 2,332, and it would be a number. Like, you could work it out to be a number, okay? That number, if your goal is physique optimization, strength progression, muscle building, that number needs to be going up in one way or another. It, what, it probably isn't going to go up in a linear straight line. It Just like fat loss isn't a linear straight line downwards, your volume won't go up in a linear straight line. But technically, it needs to be going up. If that number, if you were to calculate that number and it is not going up over time, you've got a problem. Either you're not tracking something or you're just not training hard enough or you're just not paying attention to things. It has to be going up over time. It will probably go up in a wave. So it will go up for a little while. Then there may be a plateau. That could be that could be in a deload. That could be in a step back from something. It could be injury. It could be illness. Those things are all part of what's going on here. But ultimately, month to month, year to year, the volume of the work you're doing overall and per body part needs to be going up. Imagine this. If you suddenly had 20 pounds more muscle, across the whole of your body. That's a lot, by the way. Think of all the extra work or volume that that muscle would be able to do. 
right? If you want 20 pounds more muscle, then that volume, the volume you're going to have to do to get there is going to be more. And the volume that you're going to need to do, like the work that you're going to need to do to maintain that muscle is going to be more. So if you have aspirations of building muscle and getting stronger, volume is key. And it's, it's in, it's insanely easy to track. It's just a calculation. Most people probably don't do it. But ultimately, if you are log booking your training, you don't even really need to sit and work out the actual number. You can see if you did an extra set with the same weight and the same amount of reps as last week. If you use the same weight, you did the same reps on set one, two, three, and four, and then just added a fifth set, your volume has gone up that it can't not have done. So it's really easy. It's really easy to be able to logbook your training and just go, okay, have I done... I did the same four sets. I used the same weight, but I just did an extra one rep on every set. That's, that's, that's more volume. That means you've done more. It has to be moving forward. That's volume, simply put. The next one we're going to look at is intensity. This is harder to quant, like volume is easy to quantify, isn't it? It's a number. Intensity is this. This is the one, first of all, that most people think they're really bloody good at, right? When in fact, this is the one where most people are the worst. This is the effort level. This is how hard you train. This is how far you are prepared to take a set. Yeah, it's those reps right at the end of a set where everything is telling you to stop. This is where true intensity comes in. Most people, too many people, will be like, okay, I'm doing four sets of 10 reps. And they will do four sets of 10 reps. Well, there's no thought process to the intensity there. Because what happens if the person stops at 10, but they could have done 15 if they'd have really pushed harder? All that intensity is lost. Like stopping at a number because it's, the, because it's a number is absolute bullshit, complete and utter waste of time. Like that, there is no thought to intensity there. Don't think you're training hard if that's what's happening. You should be working, well, as you should, I would recommend and pretty strongly suggest that you would look at this from a different way. And there are a number of ways you can, the way in which I would tend to think about intensity is how close to failure am I? So here's an example. So first of all, let's quantify failure. So failure is the moment you cannot perform a movement with the correct form any longer. Now, you might say that could be a full rep. The moment you cannot complete one more full rep with exactly the same form, that could be failure. We could say that failure is actually when you can't perform partial reps, but we're going to leave that for uh, another another conversation. So let's say let's say you're going to go and do four, four sets of an exercise. Regard, let's now say that we say, okay, we're going to work between a rep range of eight and 14. That's a decent rep range to work between. I don't really want you to bust 14. So now you're going to, I don't want you to go under eight. Right now you've got two parameters. Now all you need to work out is, okay, if I say to you sets one, two, and three, I want you to train to within one to two reps shy of true muscular failure. So you're going to train this. You've got to know where this is. And this takes a little bit of practice, but you'll be doing an exercise and you're going to get to a point where you think, I think I could do about one or two more reps. You would stop. That would be further than most people normally go. But it needs to then be somewhere between eight and 14, probably towards the higher end of that. Okay. So set one, two, and three, you use the same weight. So the weight is standardized. It takes one problem out of our equation. The weight is standardized, 
But maybe on set one, maybe you hit 15, for example, right? Because you've gone one to two shy of failure. Set two, now maybe you do 12, one to two shy of failure because you've, you've used a bit of energy, haven't you, right? Then set three, maybe now you do nine. So each one of those sets was one to two shy of failure. So it's always going to be a declining number. Then you come to set number four and you go to complete and utter muscular failure. Now that could be nine, it could be 10, it could be 11. The number could be higher because you've added sets on. Now that's where the intensity comes in because you're thinking about how close to failure you can get, not just a number. Intensity is, if you were to go in, if I go into a random gym and this is not picking on anyone, it's definitely been me at some point and it still can be, people are just going through the fucking motions. People are just going into a gym and they're just going through the fucking motions like they think something's going to happen. And it isn't. You've got, if you want to change your body, it's going to fucking hurt. It just is. Like, get up. If, if, if you can't deal with that, then fine. But if you really want to build strength, muscle, longevity, like resilience, fortitude out of your training, then get used to the fact that it's going to hurt. When I go and train, it feels like I'm tearing myself to shreds. That isn't for everybody. I'm not saying it has to be for everybody. But if you want to be a fucking alpha, like you have to grow a set of balls, aren't you? And train hard. Intensity is the area where absolutely everybody could level up massively. So that's volume, that's intensity. Now we have the third element, frequency. Pretty straightforward. This is how often we train a, how often we train how often we train a muscle and a given body part. Like how often, and normally we would say within a week because everyone generally works in sort of week rotations. Although it could be every five days, it could be someone's rotation could be every eight or nine days. But let's just say every seven days, just to keep it simple. So it's how often. This then relates very much back to the first episode of this uh, training series, which was your training split so once you've worked out your training split, you know how often you're going to be training a muscle. So for me, for example, I could train my legs once a week and it'd be absolutely fine. So the frequency of my leg training could be once per week because I can train them. I can train the intensity really high and the volume really high, but I don't need to train them very often. Biceps and arms, for example, completely different kettle of fish. I could train them every other day. So the frequency for those body parts is completely different. You can only, so here's the thing to think about when you're considering frequency of training of a body part and training in general. You can only train something at the rate at which it can recover. If you are training something quicker than it is truly recovering, eventually that's going to lead to an injury or just, well, I don't want to say overtraining, but certainly under recovering. You can only, you can only train, like if I, if I tried to train my legs every other day, I'd be, I'd be a mess. I would, it, something would go wrong. I'd probably injure myself or I'd end up actually pushing myself into such a deep hole of fatigue. I wouldn't be able to build myself back, back out of it. So volume, intensity, frequency. Those are the three variables that we've got. And the, the interesting thing here is they do not work in the real world in isolation. They all interplay. So the, the challenge that you've got is balancing these out. So you've now got to balance these out for you your goals, your injuries, your limitations, your life, like it has to work for you. So this is when as coaches, we sit back and look at someone's whole scenario, their whole set of circumstances and go, okay, here's the goal. Here's the, here's the playing field. Here's the rule book that we've got to play by. Here's the most optimal way to lay that training out. Now we've got like two decades of experience to do this. It's, it's pretty straightforward when we sit and look at it, but it isn't straightforward if you're now hearing these things for the first time. 
So how would you go about trying to do this for yourself? Well, the easiest way, first of all, let's standardize one of them, intensity. Your intensity, theoretically, should always be the same. And it should be something like I've just told you. You can also use the, um, the perceived exertion scale, which is a scale of one to 10. So let's say I say to you, I want you to train to a perceived exertion of 10. That would be to the death, basically. So you, you might say, okay, so I'm going to always train to a perceived exertion level of eight, and I'm going to standardize my training to a, a, a perceived exertion level of eight. Well, at least once you've worked out what eight is, because you're going to have to have worked out what 10 is, if you decide to go to eight for everything, at least it's standardized. Personally, I would standardize it to the one to two shy of failure, one to two shy of failure, one to two shy of failure, all the way to failure. That's my personal way of doing it. And it's always like that or something around that. So now I've standardized one of the three variables. I can now shove it to one side. My intensity is, if all things are okay, as high as it can possibly be every time I train. So in other words, every time I go into the gym, I have the same approach mentally and how I've set myself up. So to be able to train at that intensity and to keep it like that, that then means hydration, food, rest, recovery, stress, sleep, all these things need to be working in the background to allow myself to walk into a gym ready, okay? That's not easy to do. It's not easy for anybody to do. But mentally, you've got to walk into a gym knowing I'm going all in. And and probably like many of you listening, there's days I've gone in thinking this is not going to be a good day and I've had the best training session of my life. And also I've walked in today going, oh, I'm so up for this session and then it's been utter shit. Like that's going to happen. Just Just chalk it away, deal with it. But mentally, you've got to go, you've got to know that you're going to go in being able to take those final sets, whether that be set three, set four, set five, whatever it is, all the damn way there. You've got to train like you mean it. So now we've got volume and frequency. You simply cannot, well, <laughs> I would simply recommend you don't, you, you don't try and have high volume, in other words, humongous amounts of work and high frequency. That's like redlining your car and trying to spin it in a donut at the same time. Like you're trying to do two, two very difficult things at once. Uh, you, you'd be able to get away with it for a while, and then your recovery will absolutely tank. You'll probably get injured. You just won't want to train. Like it will just all fall apart around you. Different muscles respond to different levels, different people, and different muscles respond to different levels of volume and different frequency. This is where you don't just go, I train with this much volume and this much frequency, and that's your whole body. It doesn't work like that. So the best example I can give you is my legs. So, okay, I do train my legs twice a week. I could easily train my legs once a week. And the volume, the intensity is there. That's standardized. The volume is, rel the volume is probably medium, I would say. But if I really wanted to train them once a week, I'd up my volume and the frequency would be super low, right? Once per week. And I could maintain my legs, which I would be happy with by training them with very low frequency, very high, well, medium to high volume and high intensity, right? So I've moved the sliders around to get the result I want. Now, if we look at it on the other side and said, okay, my, 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 my delts and my arms, they seem to respond far better to a much more frequent training. Why? Because they are much smaller muscles. So my quads, if I smash the living heck out of my quads, I can't, I cannot train them. It would not be wise to train them for days because they're just not ready. They've just had to deal with so much load because they're bigger, stronger muscles and biceps and delts. 
So when I come to train my biceps and delts, now I just, I, the loading is not the same. The, the, the demand on my central nervous system is not the same. So now I can train them more often. So I train those body parts nearly four times a week, but each, each session, the, freak, uh, the volume is low. So for example, before I train legs, I might do four sets of biceps. But the day before, I might have done a pull session and done eight sets of biceps. So that's biceps back to back. But one session was uh, two exercises, four sets. Then the next day, just one exercise, four sets. So the volume is relatively low, but the frequency is really high. Now, so the point here being is there is there, there just is no one way to work this out. It's not the same for each individual person. Someone might come to me and might have like bad connection to their legs and they need to grow them. And they, that might be the thing that they need to train more regularly. Then we would split their legs up into quad work, ham work, etc., And they would probably train them more often. But the frequency of each session would go down. You can't push frequency and volume up to the top. You might be able to for a little while and in waves, maybe. But that's fairly advanced. You need to really be looking at your training split and understanding your recovery and have everything else on point to be able to go through that. And we would call that some sort of volume escalation. And we certainly do use that here. And I've certainly used that myself. But you're only you're only pushing frequency and volume high for maybe a week or two. And then you come straight down to maybe a whole deload to let everything recover. You've got to be mentally aware of what's actually going on in the background. Your job here is to create that split, choose your exercises, yeah? Then start to look at these three areas. You standardize your intensity. You then go, okay, which body part do I, am I not connecting with? Which body part do I need to practice using better? This is the other thing. Like if like, I, I, I probably have bad biceps because I'm just bad at fucking training them. It's pretty simple, really. Could be genetic, but I'd far rather say I just must be bad at training them. I need more practice. Therefore, I will do it more often. If I told you to go away and learn to play the piano, would you just do it once a week? Or would you try and do it as often as you possibly could to get better as quickly as you could? probably say you, the frequency of you practicing the piano would be pretty damn high, right? So it's the same thing when it comes to your body parts. You would sit and go, right, okay, I've got great back and great chest. Cool, awesome. Maybe they only need training once or once and a half because you can you can tag bits on and do like, like I'm doing with biceps before legs. You could call that a half session, right? So maybe I need to train my chest and my back once or one and a half times per week, but I've got crap. Crap, absolutely crap legs, right? Need to, the volume on the legs needs to be low, but the frequency needs to be high. You just need to make a plan. Decide what it is you're going to do and then run it and then watch what happens. Track the results. Standardize everything else, your food, your water, your rest, your sleep, your intensity. Make everything as standard as possible. It's, like it's like you're running an experiment. You literally are running an experiment. And what you need to be able to do is see it in that light. Otherwise, you're just throwing shit at a wall and seeing what sticks. So the goal here is work out what you want to improve and maybe give that more frequency and lower volume and practice it. And eventually, maybe you'll be able to swap things around. So that gives you a little bit of an overview. There's your three main variables, volume, intensity, frequency standardize the intensity that's super easy and then just move the sliders of volume and 
frequency around until you find something that seems to work for that body part, stick with it, run it, and then adapt and change as you need to going forward. So that's going to wrap it up for today. Um, I hope that that has been useful. Reach out if you've got questions. Thank you, as always, for listening. If you've listened, if you've got some value from this, hey, why not give us a five-star review? We always appreciate it. I'm going to start doing shout-outs for the people that have been doing the reviews because they've been absolutely awesome. Um, you know, Maybe subscribe to the podcast, maybe download a few episodes. It helps us massively in the charts, and we like being at number one. So um, that's going to wrap it up for today. Um, join me for the next episode where we will continue the training series. We'll see what we delve into. For now, Alphas, over and out. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. We hope that you feel motivated to start making changes in your life so you can see those results that you've been wanting to achieve. Remember, you can do anything you set your mind to. If you love the show, please leave us a five-star review and make sure you tell your friends. If you'd like to connect with Andy, you can find him on Instagram at Andy underscore Nailer underscore Pure underscore Elite underscore Pro. I'll leave a link in the show notes as well. Talk to you again soon.